Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm Christine Reed, and I'm your host. And this week, I am exploring how social skills deficits and specifically difficulties with social problem solving impact the behavior of students with autism, particularly those who are working in general ed classrooms. One of the areas that I see many students struggle with in school is how to handle those situations that occur in recess, at lunch, in group assignments, or other unstructured times when something unexpected happens. And those are the times that our students with ASD may respond in a way that makes sense to them, but may not always make sense to those around them. And social competence, which is how I often refer to the larger approach to social skills, is a very huge deal for these guys. It encompasses a lot of different skills and abilities, and some of these are really specific, definable skills, for instance, like when to say hello to somebody, but others involve more esoteric, less easily observed skills. For instance, a student who found himself in a gym locker room unsupervised. Other kids were teasing him and giving him a hard time, and he was feeling really threatened and wanted them to stop, but he didn't know how to remove himself from the situation or ask them to stop. He didn't have the skill or know the right thing to do. So he said something threatening that he'd heard in a movie when someone was feeling uncomfortable. He told them that he would come back and beat them up. They left him alone, so it worked. But they also told the principal, and he was suspended. Knowing him, he had no intention to act upon that threat, but the other students and the administrators wouldn't have known that. It wasn't great social problem solving on his part. He didn't know how to ask them to leave him alone or that they were just kidding or how to remove himself from the situation in a more appropriate way. He didn't have social skills at his fingertips for solving that particular situation. But he also couldn't figure out why they were teasing him and how to address it. He didn't have the ability to interpret what they might be thinking. He simply didn't have good problem solving for the situation and his behavior got him in trouble. So in this episode, I'm talking about how deficits in social problem solving puts our students at risk for negative behavior. And I will also talk about why we need to look at social skills and social problem solving as part of our functional behavior assessment and why we need to incorporate social problem solving instruction into our students' curriculum to prevent challenging behavioral issues. And finally, I've got a free tool to download in the post for this episode that can help remind them of some social problem solving strategies. So let's get started. Students on the spectrum often have difficulty interpreting others' behavior, predicting what others might be thinking, and determining that right action to take based on particular situations. They often struggle with reading the nonverbal cues of body language, understanding tone of voice, 
And all of that together means that they have difficulty knowing how to respond in social situations. Like the student in the gym, that means that the way they respond to situations may not always be the best options. These are students whose challenging behaviors are often more esoteric than just aggression. It might be categorized as a meltdown, or it might be a group of behaviors that get conveyed as just being rude, uncommunicative, shutting down, refusing to participate in activities, or so on. Sometimes these behaviors do look just rude or antisocial rather than being the result of not being able to, quote, read the room, unquote, or understand the social context. But they also sometimes lead to big social misunderstandings that can get these students into bigger trouble. Given the impact that social problem-solving deficits can have on these students' behavior, it's critical that we address them in our assessments and intervention, and that leads us to two avenues that we need to think about. In our functional behavior assessments, in our FBAs, we need to include a focus on their social skills and problem solving. We probably don't need a formal assessment tool, but in our interviews and observations, we should be looking for how the student manages in social situations. Then in our interventions, we should be including strategies for addressing social problem solving. Their critical replacement skills, given that some of the challenging behaviors may be the result of poor social problem solving and deficits in social skills. And we need to make sure that this training is intensive and not just happening as it's needed or when it happens. If students are demonstrating challenging behavior, they need intensive, explicit interventions. If the student's behavior does not rise to the level of needing an FBA yet, then we should be thinking about how we can prevent that from happening. Many of our students on general ed standards don't get social skills instruction because it's, it isn't part of their academic curriculum, but they will struggle in the long run without it. So we need to make it a priority. So here are two strategies that are fairly easy to implement in the classroom that can help. Social narratives are one strategy that we can use to teach our students how to solve social problems. Now, they're part of a larger group of strategies that include role-playing and reinforcement and social skills instruction. Narratives are like social stories and are designed to describe social situations. The most important component of social narratives for these students are that they need to highlight others' perspectives of the social situation, and they should also present options to the student about how to handle the situation and how those actions might be interpreted by others. Social narratives are also used in combination with other interventions. They aren't a quick fix that works on their own. I've had some students who respond really well to them, but I've had others who don't respond at all. And typically, they've worked as a great way to introduce information to the students, but they aren't necessarily the behavior change agent for instruction. That's going to take practice. For practice, we need to do role-playing, practice, and feedback. We could use video modeling. Students can practice with others, they can practice with adults, and we need to reinforce them. So there is a lot of explicit instruction that needs to happen 
as well as part of the social skills curriculum. And tools like Michelle Garcia's winner's social thinking, which if you just Google social thinking, you'll find it. Um, and Scott Bellini's Building Social Relationships are both really good resources for curricula for these. And I'll make sure that those links are in the blog post that goes with this, which you can find at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 69. Another tool that I wanted to highlight in this episode are option cards. Option cards are simply visual supports that remind students of what their options are. And specifically because I'm talking about social problem solving, I wanted to highlight them in this episode. You know that student that always calls out whenever he needs help. He doesn't know to wait his turn. He doesn't know to ask a friend if he isn't sure what he's supposed to be doing. Instead, he just blurts out in class and he's always interrupting. Option cards are a way of reminding him what he could do instead. So in the case of the interrupting student, you might have an option card that says, if I don't know what to do, I could raise my hand and ask for help, or I could ask a friend. You can tape it to his desk, or he could put it in his pocket or notebook to use as a reminder. You can also use them to help prevent more significant challenging behaviors, So some students I've worked with have had an option card that says, if I get upset, I can ask for a break or get a fidget. I've had option cards for students during PE that said, if I lose the game, I could congratulate the other team or go get a drink of water. Now, the second option may not be the most, quote, socially appropriate, but it's better than screaming at the other team and denying that they won. So I have a free option card for you that you can actually download in the resource library and you can sign up and grab it at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 69. Now, obviously there are tons of other tools that we can use to address social problem solving like contingency maps. And I've got a post on that. There's some of those in the resource library. Some of the self-regulation tools that I talked about in episode 67 and social skills instructional strategies. But the key is for this episode that we need to be addressing these issues for these students. Oftentimes we forget that they need this as explicit instruction. And because it's not included in the general education academic curriculum, we need to advocate for the needs of these students to learn these skills to avoid behavior, but also to promote success within and after school. So head over to the website page for this episode at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 69 and grab your free option cards and contingency maps. And if you're interested in learning more about how to teach social competency, we have a whole course on teaching the specific skills for all different populations, including autism, in the Special Educator Academy. So come join us for a seven-day free trial at the Academy at specialeducatoracademy.com. And I would love to hear about how you teach social problem solving for your students. So if you're an educator, hop over to the free Facebook group at specialeducatorsconnection.com and share. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll be back next week with another episode. And as always, thank you so much for everything you do for your students. I hope to see you next week.